1: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome back to basketball conference the acc football podcast my name is joey weaver he is mike mcdaniel mike we made it baby we made it it is time we are previewing week one. How are you doing? You ready to go?
0: I can't believe it's come to this. This is great.
1: This is great. It, yeah. In a word,
0: it, it is. And this um, is great. This, this feels this feels right, Joey. This feels right.
1: It, it does. Gosh, it feels so right. It, it, after so many months of so much um, what I'll call hashtag uncertain times, and you know, just not being sure what was going to come and what the future held to be sitting here in early September previewing week one, you know, it's slightly off schedule, but at this point I'll take it. Like I am, I am all about it and I am excited that we were able to sit here and actually really talk about real college football. I, I, there were times that I had my doubts and I, I am so happy that we're able to do this.
0: Yeah, no, me too. Um, let's just keep pressing forward and hope that everybody stays safe. We just play college football the way that it should be played this fall.
1: Absolutely. Everything's going to go according to plan. Nothing could possibly go wrong. That's the, uh, the anthem of 2020, right? So um, yeah, it'll be right. fun. Uh, the thing is Mike, that before we can press forward and keep going on, we actually do need to take a step back and take a look back. Um, as a lot of people will remember, we did an episode shortly before we started our team preview series where you and I sat down and I have this marked, I, I tweeted the picture out from our account and all this stuff on July 29th, 2020 we sat down and picked the one through 15 standings projections we had for the ACC coming into this year. And the the entire point of that Mike was we're going to take inventory now. And then after all these previews, we're going to take inventory again and see what has changed. If anything. So Mike, without further ado, um, having gone through our team previews, looked a little closer at the schedules and, and, By the way, having gotten the schedules, um, I think since since we did that exercise, that helps. It yeah, it goes it goes a long way. Um, Would you care to revisit these standing projections? Give me give me your one through fifteen here in the ACC this fall.
0: I'll try and make this brief, but with a little bit of an explanation as to kind of what's been changed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Shocker, Clemson's my number one team in the ACC. That's. Yeah, go Tigers. You know, you might need, Yeah, I, I hope you're... Yeah, go Tigers, yeah. I hope you're Different sitting Tigers. down. Different Tigers. Yeah, yeah. Joey, I hope you're sitting down. Clemson's number one. That's right. Notre Dame is number two. So mm-hmm. my top two remains the same. I think Clemson and Notre Dame are decidedly better than the rest of the teams in the ACC.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have Virginia Tech three. Um, a few spots higher than I had them originally. Uh, the rationale there is... Virginia Tech has four tough games. They have Miami. They have Clemson. They have North Carolina. They have Pittsburgh. Those are the four. If you go two and two in that stretch and you beat North Carolina head-to-head, that might be good enough to have you finish third in the conference. So that's the rationale there. They went to six overtimes against uh, North Carolina last year in Blacksburg. It's on the road this year. Pretty similar teams. Let's roll out the helmets. Let's play football. I have North Carolina four as a result of as a result of what I just said. I have North Carolina four. North Carolina is going to be very good. Um, I think I said uh, nine and two. If you include the non-conference game when we did their uh, season preview, they have a really soft schedule, a really good offense, some questions in the back end of the secondary. Um, But overall, North Carolina is going to be a really strong team. I've pit number five. Pitt is fifth. I I had pit a little bit lower originally I had them slotted behind Louisville. In fact, I had Virginia Tech um, also slotted behind Louisville and North Carolina, for that matter. Um, But I have Pittsburgh fifth, and I have Louisville sixth. Um, I have some questions about Louisville's defense and their offensive line. Um, And there's just a bit more certainty around Pittsburgh, North Carolina, and Virginia Tech at this Mm -hmm. point. And given the schedules that they have, I feel a little bit more comfortable now putting those three teams ahead of Louisville. But I do think Louisville is going to be pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, I have Miami coming in um, after Louisville, Miami coming in seventh. I think they're probably a year away from being back to a really good Miami team. Um, but they have a lot of upside because they're really talented. You're saying we're a year
1: away? we're a year, a year away from the U being back, Mike? A year, a year
0: away from the U being back. I feel that way. And mm. you know why I feel that way? Because De'Ara King, he's a graduate transfer. But you know what happens this year? Eligibility doesn't matter. Eligibility does not matter. He could end up returning again. Can you imagine that? That'd be something.
1: Welcome back to college football where everything's made up and eligibility doesn't matter. That is correct. I have Florida State ninth. Or eighth.
0: Eighth. I have Florida State eighth. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I flipped Florida State and Miami, have Florida State a little bit lower. Um, And now we get to what we like to call the bottom seven. And Joey, this is where we drew a line way back when we did our um, initial overview of the ACC. We kind of drew a line of the teams who we thought had a chance to potentially win the ACC or at least compete with Clemson um, to go to the ACC championship. And -hmm. this is where I drew the line. I have Virginia 9th, Duke 10th, NC State 11th, Wake Forest 12th, Georgia Tech 13th. Boston College 14th and Syracuse 15th. And Joey, with this top 15 that I just mentioned, there are a couple areas where I think as we kind of progress through the season, I could potentially be pretty wrong. I think Virginia Tech could be too high. Um, I think subsequently North Carolina could potentially be too low, picking them fourth. I think that Wake Forest might be a little bit too high. Um, Right now I have them. I believe 11th um, or, or 12th, 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 I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think Syracuse might be a little bit too low as well, picking them last, but I, I don't think Syracuse can finish any better than 11th or 12th, just given what they have returning. So that's the top 15, not a ton change. It was really just like flipping a couple teams, you know, a spot here or there. Um, and a lot of this was a result of just kind of the schedules that we were able to see um, that that helped a lot. North Carolina having a really soft schedule and having a really good team returning kind of solidified them as, as one of the top three to four teams in the conference. Um, but then there were some other teams in there like UVA who gets a, has a really tough schedule, but I think has a really good defense returning and enough on offense to keep things interesting. The question is to whether or not they're going to run the football, but I think they'll figure it out because Bronco Mendenhall is a good coach. So those are major yeah. changes for me.
1: Yeah. I, I, it's funny because I I went through and I actually took inventory of the record predictions that I made on each of the individual previews that we did. And I compared that against the standings as we projected them, you know, uh, over a month ago now, I mean, it's been like a month and a half and surprisingly very, I I was as surprised as anybody. The, the, The projected standings that I had against the projected records were almost like, perfect now there might be a little you know jostling one way or the other but like there's really only like maybe two teams that i predicted that were out of place you know if you just line up records of you know a team that was i I originally projected at at a place that was lower than teams that were going to have a worse record right so so for me mike uh obviously clemson at one I had UNC at two at nine and one. I had Notre Dame and Louisville three, four at uh, eight and two, all that's still in place. And, and this is, and I, while I'm talking about this, I will say that is the thing that we have to continue to consider as we do this and go through this exercise is schedule matters. When every one of these teams is going to have a, a, a certain set of other teams in the conference that they do or don't play and it's not a consistent set from team to team, who you do and don't get matters here. And so it's, it's not explicitly that I think that UNC is definitely a better team than Notre Dame, but it's more that UNC gets Notre Dame at home in a fortuitous spot considering what's around it you know, versus what Notre Dame has and the other challenges they face versus what UNC doesn't face. So that's that's kind of where I'm approaching this from. Um, so I said Clemson, UNC, Notre Dame, Louisville. Um, I've got Pitt at number five and Miami at number six, both at seven and three. Uh, I've got Virginia Tech at seven, at seven and or at six and four. And again, I don't think that's necessarily a, a feeling that Virginia Tech is not going to be a good quality team as much as, again, it's kind of a factor of the schedule. And I think a little bit of some questions with the the coaching staff and kind of we've mentioned how many times on this podcast, Mike, that Virginia Tech has a habit of losing a game or two that That they
0: have. Yep. A game that they should win, that they're going to be favored in that they surprise everybody by finding a way to lose.
1: That's right. That's right. So that's where I have Virginia Tech at seven, Florida State at eight. Um, Florida State bumps down a spot um, to kind of round out that, that top eight that we considered, you know, there's a, a pretty clear top eight and a pretty clear bottom seven um, going into that bottom seven. I agree. I got Virginia at nine. Um, weirdly. They are the only team of this entire previous series that I picked at five and five. I don't know how that works, but I, I guess my brain likes six and four and four and six better uh, for anybody or everybody. Um, I've got Duke at 10 at four and six. Still. Um, I had Syracuse at four and six at 11. That, Feels like it might be a little bit generous, but I'm I'm being I guess I'll be a little bit wishful with them. Um, I'm gonna adjust Georgia Tech up. I had them at uh, 14. I'm gonna I'm gonna bump them up to 12. Um, at three and seven, but I think that it's still a pretty solid team. And again, a couple of these teams that they'll play are kind of in that same range. So I'm gonna put Georgia Tech at 12, uh, Wake Forest at 13, NC State at 14, and Boston College at 15. I think it's it's a tough year for Boston College, new coaching staff, and all that, and in, in, you know, in tandem with the fact that schedule-wise, it is not not a friendly uh, not a friendly situation for them. So I'm going to go Boston College at 15. I think that probably the weirdly the biggest discretion or, or biggest difference that you and I have on here. I mean, a you have Virginia Tech at three, I have them at seven, but B you have Syracuse at 15, I've got them at 11. Yeah, so I, I guess that's again kind of you know what we want might want to call wishful thinking or something like that you know but um, that's that's going to be an interesting little case to keep an eye on I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, th- those are those are the picks that I think may be wrong, um, you know, or or could be right, and we'll both be surprised.
1: I mean, who knows? <laughs> I'll be right there with you as much as anybody. Uh, <laughs> So so at that point Mike so we've got our 1 through 15 power rankings here and, and kind of our projected standings going into the year. Before we go into on week 1, last little bit of preseason housekeeping here. Yep. Got a pick for player of the year, coach of the year in the conference?
0: Yep. Uh player of the year is Travis Etienne from Clemson. Um I just think they're going to continue to lean on him, you know, I it, it, it's tough when you're picking the Clemson players to win you know, conference player of the year, um, mostly because, you know, <laughs> L- Trevor Lawrence garners so much attention and ETN also garners so much attention. It's safe to say they could be splitting the vote, but I think Clemson's is going to be playing a lot of blowouts. And I think Travis ETN could be um, a guy who's in the game a little bit longer than Trevor Lawrence. And I think they're going to lean on him this year, um, like they always have. But you know he has an opportunity to break a bunch of records this year too, a um, bunch of long-held ACC records, a bunch of long-held Clemson records. Um, he's a really talented offensive player and has a chance to have another special year, and and potentially even put himself in in the Heisman race. So, uh, give me Travis Etienne as uh, the ACC Player of the Year. Uh, my my coach of the year is actually going to be Justin Fuente,
1: and that's going to. <laughs>
0: And that's going to surprise some people. But look, I, I think Virginia Tech, I think this is the year that we start to see them turn a corner a little bit. Um, they're, they're really deep all over the place. Um, the one area where um, there are some questions, is it wide receiver? But I mean, they return three out of their top four receivers from last year. You know, And even so, I, I think they have... A lot of talented players they've recruited at that position that have a chance to be really good this year. I think the offensive line is the best it's been since Justin Fuente's been there. I think the running game is going to be improved with Khalil Herbert. Raheem Blackshear just got uh, cleared to play, and he's a really dynamic player at running back in the slot. I mean, if you're if you're one of Rutgers' best players and you're putting up really good numbers against. Ah, uh, solid Big Ten competition. You can play anywhere. <laughs> so, um, I think Blackshear is going to make a big difference. And I think the defense is actually going to be really good with Justin Hamilton and Caleb Farley. Even though you know it's obviously a big loss not having him around. Um, yeah, I mean Farley being gone sucks, but they have a really deep secondary. So, I think Justin Fuente's player of the year, uh, player of the year, just Fuente's coach of the year, um, player of the year would be something for Fuente, wouldn't it? Uh, Mm -hmm. Justin Fuente is coach of the year. Um, I think Virginia Tech has a chance to be really good um, and and potentially compete for a spot in the ACC championship game.
1: All right, let me I'm going to go through mine and then I have a little hypothetical fun question that I'm I'm, we'll we'll add on here at the end. Um, My ACC player of the year, and Mike, I I would be really just remiss if I were to forsake my North Carolina Tar Heels I'm gonna nice. take Sam Howell. I'm gonna take Sam Howell as ACC's Player of the Year. Um, I and I I really like the ETN pick. I mean, he won it last year. It's either him or Trevor Lawrence is is a very common, popular pick here. Obviously, I mean, two of the very best at what they do in the entire country, much less this conference. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge my bets a little bit and say that you know they kind of cannibalize each other's votes and and each other's touches and you know the yardage and touchdowns and all that stuff. I'm going to go with Sam Howell, say that he's a guy that is going to kind of be a, a bit of a lightning rod. He's going to take a, a lot of attention, you know, on that North Carolina team. And especially with the way that I'm predicting that they will go to Charlotte to uh, to play Clemson for the ACC title. I'm going to say if they have that kind of run and go, you know, 10 and 1 in the season, I'm going to say Sam Howell wins player of the year. And on that note, Mike, I'm gonna say Mac Brown wins coach of the year if they do hmm. that. Upgrade from seven and six to ten and one like that in year two and do all that stuff. I you know, we can have I, I have my opinions on whether you know, exactly what kind of coaching job he specifically is doing and all this stuff, but he would be leading a program that's making a huge leap that would come up with a huge win, I think the the, the on Black Friday, I guess it is against Notre Dame, you know, all this stuff to to go to Charlotte. Um, that's the guy I'm going to go with. The question I have for you, Mike, is if, if you get to pick, you know, if I give you the option to pick a second, uh, choice, you know, to a second option for ACC coach of the year, do you have any, any ideas or preferences?
0: I think my second choice would be Brian Kelly.
1: And gosh, I just can't get over how hilarious that would be <laughs> for and- Notre Dame to just jump in and Brian Kelly win coach of the year. <laughs> because
0: I, I think that if Brian Kelly were to be coach of the year, that means they beat Clemson at some point. Money, which, yeah. uh, which, I because look, I, I think if Notre Dame goes, if Notre Dame, you know, they win all of their conference games, right? and say they even lost in the ACC championship game, would there be any doubt in your mind that Brian Kelly's the ACC coach of the year? Like, if they were one of those teams to, to knock off Clemson in the regular season especially, or if they were to even make it more special for the program and knock Clemson off in the ACC championship game and make it to the college football playoff, because that's likely what would happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is... That is... Prime a prime situation for Notre Dame. Come on into the ACC. Have Brian Kelly win Coach of the Year. Win the conference championship game. Go to the College Football Playoff, and then promptly exit the conference less than nine months later. (laughs) That would be the most go ACC thing ever. That would be absolutely hysterical. You and I would both be here for it too.
1: Mike, is that correct? Me if I'm wrong, but I want to say that's what they would call like an Irish exit. Irish goodbye, baby. Waht wah. That's I'm a dad now, Mike, so I can make those kinds of jokes. It's fine. That's right, Mike. That's all I got on conference preview. Oh Anything wait, else? time
0: out. Time time out. Who's, yes.
1: who's your second? Who's your second pick, sir? No, I was gonna say Brian Kelly. That was the whole okay, first nice. question right. was to set up the Very Brian nice. Kelly. Pick. I, I I would Very find nice. that hysterical on multiple levels. I appreciate
0: um, you throwing me that, that alley-oop that we didn't plan on, and we
1: both agreed on it anyway, <laughs> so it. that was was beautiful. Was not planned. Was yep. not planned, but yeah. Um, Mike, anything else season preview-wise? No, I, th- I think
0: we're, I, I think I'm done. That was fun, but I'm done now.
1: Absolutely. Uh, stamp of approval, season previewed.
0: Yes. We're ready. The season begins now. You want to talk about week one? Yeah, let's do it. Should we? Where do you want to
1: start, Joey? Why do I. Uh, okay, so for the uninitiated, for those who have not, you know, kind of new to this podcast or whatever, as, as we do through the uh, through the entire season is we will go through and preview each of these games weekly, and then we'll do a separate episode recapping them after the fact. Um, and, and doing our preview, typically the, the way that we structure this is we will try to go – at least initially, in chronological order. So if you've got Thursday night games, we'll do those. If you got got Friday night games, we'll do those. And then we'll get to games on Saturday. The Saturday game's not necessarily on in chronological order. Um, those more in order of relevance, yeah, interest. Yeah, importance to some degree. I mean, obviously, you know, Clemson playing Duke is pretty important from a standpoint of Clemson's got playoff stuff on the line. But, you know, if we've got – Pitt and, and North Carolina playing on that week, too, like, well, that's a more interesting game to talk about. So we'll hit that one first. And so just kind of keep that in mind as we go through this is that there's, a, there's an order to the way that we do this. And that's kind of the general thought. But the, uh, the chronological order on Saturday will get broken in terms and it will really kind of defer to importance or interest of some of these games. Yep. Um, and certainly in, in not this year, but most years, uh, the week of the Techmo Bowl between Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, that will always lead off the episode. And it, it's inherently the most important game of the week.
0: Yes, it, it always is. Um, it was important that Virginia Tech kicked the crap out of Georgia Tech last year because that was the first time that I have won the Techmo Bowl since we've been doing this podcast. So,
1: But see, Mike, what I saw on Twitter earlier was that the Braves swept the Red Sox in Boston last week. And... Because these teams don't play this year, I, I think that means that Georgia Tech takes it back. You know, So sorry about it, but congratulations to Georgia Tech, the official Real Tech champions once again. Moving on. <laughs> so, Mike, um, all of that being said, let's start on Thursday night, 8 o'clock on the ACC Network. Gosh, it feels good to be saying this. We've got the Miami Hurricanes, your Miami Hurricanes, Mike. A 14-point home favorite against the UAB Blazers. Total is 55 points. Um, really, probably before we go any further, it's probably worth mentioning that there is not a single game that we're going to preview this week that has a spread of single digits. There's a lot of projected blowouts here. 14 points. Honestly, Mike, I mean, UAB wasn't bad last year, but they didn't look great in, in week whatever last week was. And is that enough points?
0: Uh, no, I don't think so. Now, Miami always finds a way to surprise us. See, the Duke Mm -hmm. game last year, Georgia Tech, Florida International, Louisiana Tech. (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: You name it, they surprised us with it.
1: Sorry, sorry. That's not to say.
0: Do that one more time. How many? Which ones were those? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, well, let's see. There was Duke. There was Georgia Tech. Uh, there was uh, Florida International. Mm-hmm. Um, Louisiana mm-hmm. Tech, Louisiana Tech shutting them out in a bowl game. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: I heard okay. That wrong. okay.
0: I like that we went back over that for emphasis. Oh. Man. <laughs> feels feels good to be back, Joey. Oh yeah, back Woo. in the south. Okay. Yeah. Um, UAB gave up 35 points to Central Arkansas in the opener and almost 300 yards of offense to a very, very bad team. Now Miami at, you know, what was it? 14, 14 and a half, depending on where you're, where you're getting your number. That doesn't seem like enough points. It feels like Miami should at least be an 18 or 19 point favorite. I mean, when I look and I see Clemson is a 32 point favorite um, in their opener against Wake Forest. When I see Notre Dame is a 20 point favorite against Duke in their opener and you're telling me that Miami is only 14 and a half or 14 better than UAB, who just gave up 35 to Central Arkansas. I'm going to question the line a little bit, Joey. Mm-hmm. Give me Miami to win and cover here. Not a whole lot to say. We, we know what we want to see out of Miami. We want to see how that offensive line plays. We want to see what De'Aaron King looks like in Rhett Lashley's offense. That's where the intrigue lies in this football game. Miami's defense will be fine. They'll be able to hold down the UAB offense, I believe. UAB will score a little bit, um, but Miami shouldn't have any problem moving the ball up and down the field on this UAB defense. I got Miami winning and covering easily here, which is a dangerous thing for me to say considering their track record recently. But Mm -hmm. I think the Hurricanes get it done here. I think they look good here in their opener, and I think they win convincingly.
1: I, I, I largely agree here. I, the thing that I'm wary of is the fact that we have seen 60 minutes of UAB football. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean they were up 45 21 before central Arkansas scored a couple of garbage time touchdowns, but that was a pretty competitive game for like over three quarters. Um, that, that's probably worth noting. So there, I think there's two scenarios at play here, Mike, and I'm, I'm really curious to see which one plays out is, Number one, you could have Miami come out and come out like gangbusters. You know, new offense under Rhett Lashley, Derek King's the guy, and they're you know they're lighting up the scoreboard, running up and down the field, and it's great. The other thing you could come out with is they haven't seen a lot of live reps, and things are kind of you know slow, and you know especially especially with UAB having had a game under their under their belts, you know, they might be a little bit more ready to play, a little more physical, a little, you know, this, that, or the other. So that's the thing that I'm, I'm mindful of, or kind of um, wary of. I, I don't want to lock this one in as like my pick of the week. And maybe that's the only reason, but I'm with you. 14 does not seem like enough points. Um, I, I would be content, you know, thinking it would be something closer to like 19, 20 points, you know, for a real good spread. But I also can't help but, keep in the back of my mind, you know, that we haven't seen this new Miami offense yet. They haven't played a game. I don't know how, you know, active live their scrimmages have been. It's Miami. Would anything shock you in terms of laying an egg or something? I mean, no nope. other things to play here. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. So I'm going to go with Miami. I feel pretty good about it, but. This is not one of them that I would say, oh, you can bet this like it's already been played or anything like that. So um, I'm with you. I'll take Miami. Total's 55. Uh, maybe lean. Probably lean under. Miami's defense is really good. And they might. Uh, there's a reasonable chance that they might end up having to score most of that themselves. So I'd lean under but probably just generally leave the total alone.
0: Totally agree. Lean under, leave it alone. Right there with yeah.
1: you. Yeah. All right. Good deal, uh, Mike. Let's move on to Saturday. By the way, that's we both had Miami and lean under, but Charlie just leave it alone. Saturday, uh, probably the most. You tell me if you disagree. Most interesting or, or intriguing game of the weekend for the ACC. Georgia Tech, a 12 and a half point underdog, going into Tallahassee to take on Mike Norvell. And the Florida state Seminoles three thirty on ABC. That total is 51 and a half. Mike, I, I think I mentioned this on our most, one of our most recent episodes. And, and if not, I definitely have told you off air, but I really like Georgia tech getting 12 and a half here. And it really, it's really not about what I know or what I think I know about Georgia tech as much as it is what I don't know about Florida state. And I'm, have a lot of reason to not be confident that they're going to come out just humming in this game.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the the offense for Florida State is the question, right? Like Mike Norvell has engineered a bunch of really successful offenses at Memphis, and now he's heading down to Tallahassee. But, you know, for all the questions that we have about Miami's offensive line, multiply that by a dozen, and that's where we are with Florida State's offensive line. I have a lot of questions about what they're going to be able to do up front, too. And Georgia Tech's got a defense that's feisty enough to make things interesting if Florida State's offensive line isn't on top of their game. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, If they come out and they're asleep at the switch a little bit up front, Georgia Tech has a good enough front seven to make things interesting. Florida State's trying to replace running back production now lost with Cam Akers moving on to the NFL. James Blackman is still under center, which is going to help them immensely as they make this transition offensively. But I like the line, too, um, in Georgia Tech's favor. It's going to be hard for Florida State to come out and just blow the doors off of Georgia Tech. They have a very talented team, Florida State does. that. There's no doubt about that. They have a lot of skill position talent that Georgia Tech simply doesn't have. Um, they have the these skill position guys who, look, in a wide open offense that Mike Norvell likes to run, you're going to get your athletes in the space. There's going to be ability for them to make plays. There's a path for Florida State to win this thing going away. And if they do, we're going to be feeling pretty good about Florida State because, look, Florida State didn't win a lot of these tight games under Willie Taggart. They just didn't Right, mm-hmm. the games they were supposed to win. They didn't really pull away from opponents in, in the way that a lot of people expected to them to. So if they're able to do that right off the jump, we're going to be feeling um, about Florida state. We're going to be feeling similarly to how we felt about Scott Satterfield and Louisville last year when they put up a fight against Notre Dame in the opener. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is a little bit different situation because Georgia tech's bad, but I, I like, I like Georgia tech to cover. My question with them, and there's a lot of intrigue on that side, too, is what's the quarterback situation? What's the offensive scheme situation? What does the offensive line look like? And are we going to get a little bit closer to finding the answer as far as what the offensive identity is going to be for Georgia Tech? That's Mm -hmm. where my question is with that team, Um, because I think Jeff Collins is an interesting coach. I think he's a very good defensive mind. I'm not really sure they know what the hell they want to do offensively but I'm really curious to find out. So that's where I'm at with Georgia tech. It's not about all this confidence I have in Georgia tech. Like you mentioned, it's more about the uncertainty of Florida state. So Florida state wins. I think Georgia tech covers. I think this game is a little bit closer than a lot of people expect it to be. Um, Joey, I'm seeing the total of 52 and a half. Is that, is that
1: what you have yeah, on your side? I've got 51 and a half, but that's pretty close. Okay. Okay. Close enough.
0: Um, I'd, I'd lean under. I'd lean under. I'm probably not yep. betting it. I, I try not to bet a lot of over-unders in week one just because I don't know what a lot of these teams are going to be. I'd lean under. I'd take Georgia Tech to cover. I feel a lot more confident in the point spread than I do the over-under total.
1: Yep, yep. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think I have Florida State to win, I think. Um, questions on both of these offenses in particular, especially on what they're going to look like. I, I mean, can the offensive lines there is as bad as Georgia tech's offensive line was at times last year. And honestly, at a lot of times there is reason to think that Florida state's offensive line might be worse. Um, and might have been yeah. worse. Um, Definitely worse. Like both of them are just various degrees of trash heap. So um, there is, there's some intrigue there and it, it certainly doesn't help Georgia tech's case that Florida state's running out a, a pretty top-notch defensive line like top five defensive line in the country. So if, if Georgia tech's offensive line looks bad, bad in this game, maybe just give it a week or two, like (laughs) let them play literally anybody else, because this is pretty nasty. You know what they're going to see right out the gate. So that's, that's worth mentioning, but I'm with you. I like Georgia tech in the under. I, I don't think this is a particularly high scoring game. I like Georgia tech's defense to kind of give a, a Florida state offense. that's still trying to ramp up and figure out what they are. I think, the Yellow Jacket defense is going to give them some problems. Um, I think it's going to keep it a low-scoring game. Offensively for Georgia Tech, I think you're going to see something a little bit more cohesive scheme-wise. I, I think last year it was like you constantly saw they were just throwing more and more stuff at the wall to see what would stick. And it was almost irritating because stuff would start to stick, and then they would ignore it and keep throwing more stuff at the wall. Um, yep. So I, I'd like to think that you're not going to see that again this year, but – um you know you never know but i i'm i'm with you generally i just i agree georgia tech 12 and a half that is too many points for florida state to cover and feel good about in week one what have we what have we seen in recent years from florida state right out the gate you know pretty significant favorite and then like lose the game outright so i don't think it's that bad but i don't think i don't trust them that much um and mike the only thing i am going to just i'm going to drop in here and I'm I'm just gonna say it, and then we're probably Pick just gonna Pick the upset.
0: The Pick the upset. Pick the upset. Pick the upset.
1: I'm I'm not doing that. But if one were so inclined, I'm just throwing it out there. Georgia Tech plus three fifty on the money line is what I'm seeing right now. So, you know, if you just if you want to put in a ten dollar bet that might win you thirty five bucks, that's an option if it were to happen.
0: Or lose you ten bucks.
1: Yeah, or that could be ten bucks you'll never see again. So, you know, either way, but uh, anyways, okay, Georgia Tech and the under. So we got here, uh, 730 on ABC, Mike, the number one Clemson Tigers reigning national runners up are a casual slim 32 and a half point favorite on the road at the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, the Steaming Deeks, as it were. Uh, total here is 50 and or 60, excuse me feels like a lot of points. Clemson might be doing most of it themselves. And honestly, Mike, Clemson minus anything?
0: Uh, yeah, Clemson minus anything. Um, and, and the reason why, now I, I hate betting large spreads in the opening couple weeks of the season. I'm mm. betting this one because yeah. I made the mistake on Labor Day night to bet on Navy, only to find out about 20 minutes before kickoff from a buddy of mine who i write for whose brother plays for navy so a well-informed source that they hadn't been hitting all of camp they did not do any live tackling and you then interesting way
1: too.
0: yes now that's a big red flag for you, Josh, <laughs> it turns out huge huge red flag for me when you tell me you have been doing any live tackling in fall camp and then it turns out once BYU went up a couple touchdowns, the announcers just kind of slid it in there. Right. Herb Street and Fowler started talking about it. I'm like, oh, huh. that's interesting. We're going to talk about um, or, or I guess it was Herb Street and Reese Davis talking about how no no tackling had been done by Navy all offseason. Maybe they should have done that. So when I hear that Wake Forest hasn't done a live scrimmage in fall camp. um. I'm getting some serious BYU Navy vibes and BYU (laughs) isn't Clemson. Joey BYU Mm -hmm. is not Clemson, but Wake Forest is a hell of a lot closer to Navy. So (laughs) give me Clemson going away. And and you mentioned the over under being at 60 Clemson might get there by themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take, I'm look, I'm taking Clemson going away. I think they cover that incredibly large spread. If you were to bet the over-under, I'm taking the over because I think Clemson could score, I don't know, eight touchdowns. I think Wake Forest could get on the board in garbage time once. That's going to be Mm -hmm. enough to get you there. Mm -hmm. So give me like 56-7 to Clemson. That'll get you there.
1: Okay, yeah. I'm I'm with you. Clemson big here. Um, This feels like this is a game that – I mean, Clemson is is the kind of team that's going to come out and score 50 points. But they also might just completely put the boat on idle after that, you know, and just kind of coast into, into the dock. So I I struggle a little bit with the total because Wake, with all of the turnover they've got on offense, I, I, I don't I don't know. I I think they'll score, I don't know, ten points or something, and that'll be good enough. But there's there's always the chance that Clemson wins this like forty-nine to three or something like that, to where you don't quite get that over. So I'm not, I'm not that confident. Right. I am with you on, on, Clemson here, five touchdowns. I don't care what it is again, Clemson minus anything. I, I think we can agree on that. So I, I think I yep. pick here, is Clemson. And that's, that's one of the ones that you kind of feel better about going into the, into the weekend.
0: Yep. For sure. Which is crazy. Cause it's the biggest spread.
1: Yeah. That's, that's wild. And it's, I forget exactly what the spread was last year when they opened with George tech in game one under Jeff Collins. But I think it was in that neighborhood and, Clemson, Clemson covered it. They yeah, covered they it. did. Yeah. So there's that. All right, so Clemson's the pick there. Uh, let's just keep kind of rolling through these, Mike. Noon on the ACC Network, the Syracuse Orange, a 23-point road dog at the number 18 North Carolina Tar Heels. I'm going to be honest here, Mike. There, there might be a little bit of something to picking Syracuse in this game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just in case maybe – North Carolina is not exactly what we think
0: they're going to be. Right. Maybe Syracuse's offense takes advantage of North Carolina's lack of secondary depth. Could um, be. that That's a possibility. All of a sudden, Tommy DeVito looks like a competent quarterback, which is what we thought he was going to be heading into last year. I mean, who knows? I mean, I guess the path is there for Syracuse to cover. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to bet this game. I'm probably going to bet Syracuse. I think North <laughs> Carolina wins this thing comfortably. I do. Um, I think it's not really all that competitive. I think North Carolina cruises to an easy victory here. But I, I think Syracuse could cover. I mean, 22 and a half seems like a lot. It's funny because we just talked about Clemson and 33 and a half not being, like, not being too much, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. weird. Uh, but that's kind of where I'm at with, with this North Carolina-Syracuse game. Because Syracuse's strength is throwing the football and because North Carolina's secondary depth is kind of where the questions arise for them defensively. Um, not enough to like make this thing competitive. I'm not saying that, but enough to maybe score a couple touchdowns and maybe do a have like a backdoor cover situation when North Carolina's up four touchdowns late. Yeah, I could see it. So, mm-hmm. uh, give me the target. I mean, look, North Carolina's offense against Syracuse defense. Oh boy, cover your eyes, cover mm-hmm. your eyes. But yeah, North Carolina wins this game big. I'm gonna take Syracuse to cover here, Joey.
1: You've convinced me. I'm with you. I. I was a little bit torn there, but I think that's the right pick is Syracuse, you know, at least from a sense of a backdoor cover. But the thing is, I think if you're picking that, the clear pick is to take the over total 65 and a half. This going to get the 70s without a problem.
0: Agree. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, if you're picking Syracuse to cover, that means you're expecting them to score, I don't know, two or three times. And North Carolina might score five or six times in the first half. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, th- yeah. I think you're going over. I think you're going over if you think Syracuse is covering.
1: I, I can completely see North Carolina scoring four or five times before halftime. Like, that's, yeah, That's, yeah. Very on the table, if not, you know, the favorite in the clubhouse. Um, yeah.
0: Really, right. really bad defense are playing. So,
1: yep. Syracuse and the over is the pick there. Um, let's keep moving, Mike. 230 on yep. NBC. That can be only one team hosting. Uh, oh, yeah. The Duke Blue Devils are a 20 point underdog on the road in South Bend against your Notre Dame fighting Irish, Mike. Uh, is 20 enough here?
0: Love me some Notre Dame football Saturdays on NBC, Joey. Football mm-hmm. is back. Football is yep. back. 20, 20 is way too much, in my mm. opinion. I, I think 20 is too much. Um, Notre Dame's offense, we talked about it in one of our most recent podcasts that just dropped within the last couple of days. Notre Dame's receiver depth is where their questions are, right? And the explosiveness in the passing game has been a question. And Notre Dame's rushing offense last year was not as good as it's been in recent years. So there's a a handful of questions around Notre Dame's offense going into the season. Not serious questions because they have a lot of talent. Um, But there's questions about how, you know, what proven depth will emerge at those position groups, right? And in Mm -hmm. week one, when you have those types of questions to answer on offense, even though you're playing a Duke team that wasn't very good last year, it still gives me pause to bet Notre Dame is a 20-point favorite. Um, Mm -hmm. I think their defense will give Chase Bryce a really hard time in his first game as a starter. The front seven for Notre Dame is really good. They have a really strong defensive line. They have a good secondary, um, a lot of talent at linebacker. Like Notre Dame's defense is one of the best in the conference. Duke is going to struggle dealing with what Notre Dame brings to the table in the front seven. So if Duke has trouble scoring, I could see Notre Dame covering in this football game. I think Duke might be able to get on the board a couple times though. And if so, that might be enough. I mean, look, if it's 28-10 to 10 and Notre Dame wins that thing handily, like if it's 28-3 to three late and Duke scores a late touchdown, what have you, uh, then look, Notre Dame's not covering anymore, right? So Backdoor's open, it,
1: baby.
0: Backdoor's open. So I'm going to take – I'm not betting this game, but mm-hmm. if I were to bet this game, I would take Duke to cover in South Bend. But I think Notre Dame cruises to an easy victory here.
1: Honestly, if I was going to bet this, I'd probably go under fifty-four and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think the I think the under is definitely in play. That seems like it seems like a lot for all the questions Notre Dame has on offense and Duke's ability or lack thereof to score on Notre Dame's defense. The under seems like it's definitely in play, and that actually might be my bet in this game. Would be the
1: under. Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm going to take Duke with you. Probably some different reasoning. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with David Cutcliffe. I think he's gonna do something here, realizing that he is pretty badly outgunned, um, and he's gonna try to shorten the game, you know, run some play clock and slow things down, minimize drives, all that. Um, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Duke. They'll keep it you know within that margin. That's a pretty big margin, but I, I, I'm with you. I don't feel great about it, and I feel like. The under is maybe my favorite of this whole game, but I probably wouldn't bet. Probably wouldn't bet even to begin with. Yep, that's fair. So, all right, Uh, Duke and the under, we are in agreement yet again. This is this is great entertainment, like when we disagree on everything. (laughs) It's
0: it's it's week one for the ACC, right? It's week two for college football. Week one for the ACC. This is how it usually goes, unfortunately for the listeners.
1: Now, this next game, Mike. I will say this is actually the smallest spread on the board all weekend in terms of ACC teams. Yep. Believe it or not, it is Louisville, an eleven and a half point home favorite, against the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers at eight o'clock on the ACC Network. Is it? Is it me, Mike, or does this line stink? This line stinks.
0: I it does it does it does. I mean Western Kentucky was okay last year, right? Um Joey, what'd you say 9 and 4? I believe you told you said before we That's hit record. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they they had a decent team last year. Louisville's got a lot of expectations, right? Like a lot of people expect Louisville to be one of those surprise teams in the ACC to kind of pop up and take the next step after what they were able to do in year 1 under Satterfield. Nikhil mm-hmm. Cunningham is one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the conference. He's a really good player. Um, They have skill position talent that Western Kentucky is going to have a really hard time defending. Um, sure, Louisville has some questions again on their offensive line. It seems to be a common theme of some of the traditional Atlantic teams. Um, but Louisville's got some questions on the offensive line, but they have more questions on the defense. The defense is where all the questions lie with Louisville. Um, Western Kentucky, can they score enough? Um, to stay within the margin here is, is really what the question is, right? Because I think Louisville is going to be able to get theirs from an offensive perspective. I think we're going to score enough um, to get out ahead of Western Kentucky and keep the Hilltoppers from making it too interesting. Uh, but with that being said, like Western Kentucky, I think has the ability to hang around in this game for a little while, which worries me about the line a little bit. But my, my head is telling me, bet Louisville, they're a much better team than Western Kentucky and bet them to cover 12, right? Because that's around where the spread is. So I'm going to take Louisville to cover. I'm probably going to bet it because I think they're, I just think they're the better team, but it also feels like a trap, Joey.
1: It totally feels like a trap. This, this number reeks um, as much as we think Louisville is going to be so good. You know, they finished the year really strong last year and all that. I mean, to see them open at home, against a Conference USA team that I think only twice broke 30 points last year. Like what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess I'm a sucker, Mike. I'm a sucker. Give me the Yep. I'll give those 11 and a half points and, you know, I'll, I'll probably sweat the whole way, but that's I think that's the play here. Total's 58. That's kind of in, in no man's land. I mean, Maybe if you really think this is like a Louisville blowout, you may take the over. If you think it's a little bit closer, you probably take the under. I do, I, I think the big thing here is you don't expect Western Kentucky to score a whole lot of points. Offensively, they are not electric. They're not yeah, – they're kind of efficient at times, but they're not going to they're not gonna light up the scoreboard. So right. if you think Western keeps it close, you're probably betting the under. If you don't, you might like the over a little bit more. I think that's probably yep. the way to look at this.
0: Yep, that's fair.
1: That's fair. Uh, last one, Mike. Pittsburgh at home against Austin P., the governors. Uh, they're uh, the, the best chance in all of college athletics coming from that student section. Let's go, P.
0: <laughs> Let's go, P. I was just going to say never trust a governor, but. Well, that, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You um, man pittsburgh by a lot yeah
1: i mean austin p for like truthfully is actually like a decent fcs program so yeah it might not be like a total floor wiping but pittsburgh's defense is good enough that even as good as austin p might be at their level like uh i don't know if it's going to go all that well for the governors
0: yeah we we got a, we, we did sneak a let's go P and never trust a governor in there though. So I feel good about this preview.
1: We're uh yeah, we're all set there. So yeah. Yeah. Pit Pitt wins comfortably. I don't think there's a real threat there. Pitt should be plenty good enough to, to win that game again, like by several scores. So um, yeah. please just go ahead and do it pit. And don't, don't make us ask any more questions after that.
0: Yeah. Just go beat Austin P nobody catch COVID and everybody just have a nice Saturday.
1: Get some exercise, some fresh air.
0: Yeah, Get some exercise, some fresh air. You can go home in the afternoon, have some, uh, have some orange slices and Kool-Aid. It'll be great.
1: That's right. That's right. Uh, Mike, I'm going to give you the honor this year of kicking us off. You get first dibs on ACC Pick of the Week. We've picked. Or do I? Six games against the spread. Which one? Or hell, take take a total. What do you want to do, what is your ACC pick of the week here for week one?
0: My, my pick of the week is Miami minus 14.5 against UAB. Um, I think right. that we're going to get our betting weekend off to a really good start on Thursday night. I think that's the way it's going to have to happen. Hey, you know what, Joey? I'm trusting Miami really early on in the season, so what could possibly go wrong?
1: <laughs> I was going to say, have you told your doctor about that or anything? <laughs> that's worth revisiting <laughs> Yeah.
0: I, I should have... Uh, I should go through the list of side effects before deciding if I want to take this pill.
1: <laughs> and the side effects are many, and they are brutal. Um, they are. Alright. You got Miami to cover 14 against UAB. I'm going to take Clemson. That is a huge number, but I don't care. You're playing Wake. Like, Wake has a little something on defense that could maybe cause an issue, but I... I <laughs> uh offense in game one and kind of what they've been doing here in the offseason and such, I mean, you're you're not you're not getting that inside of five scores against Clemson. It's not going to happen, I don't think.
0: <laughs> We're starting off our picks of the week with a bang. I'm trusting Miami, and you're picking Clemson to cover five scores against an ACC team. I'm
1: giving one. 32 and a half, yeah. <laughs> holy, holy shit. <laughs> Woo! That's- I mean, we're in mid-season form here, Mike. We're in good shape. We
0: we are. This feel this feels right. I, I said that off the top. This feels right, Joey. This feels right. It
1: totally does. It totally does. All right. Your pick of the week is Miami. I've got it at 14, so I'm just going to – I'm going to keep you – I'm going to give you that half point back. Uh, I'm taking Clemson minus 32 and a half, which, That's sure, fine. why not?
0: That's fine. Look, look, if I if I need that half point, we have bigger problems. And also, in addition to that, I'd like to say, Joey, I'm ready to be heard again. Let's do this thing.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. It It is finally time to be heard again. Mike, that's all I got on week one. Anything else?
0: I think that's it. My team is not playing this weekend. My alma mater uh, gets the week off because NC State had a bunch of COVID cases. And it turns out, real quick, um, on an aside, Justin Fuente had his weekly press conference uh, with media today, and he said that he was glad that the NC State game got postponed because due to contact tracing at Virginia Tech, he's not sure he would have had enough players ready to field a team this week. So, Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know how much of that is posturing, how much of that is legitimate, but just something to keep an eye on is Virginia tech and, and, uh, and NC state prepare, uh, t- to play their first games next Saturday. Um, Virginia tech, of course, taken on UVA and their opener. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. But anyway.
1: Yeah. Decent number of ACC teams here off this week, which, I mean, for a standard week one, that's just, I mean, that's part of the course for 2020. Like it's, it's not normal. It's, it's strange. And I mean, I don't know what else I expected.
0: Right. So. I mean, the, the alternative for Virginia tech originally was playing Penn state this Saturday. So
1: <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> this is
1: probably better. It's fine. It's fine. Mike, that's all I got. Anything else? I think we're good. I think so. We're going to get out of here. We're going to watch these week one games, and then we will come back and recap them. Uh, We'll have an episode posted probably either Sunday night or Monday morning um, kind of recapping these games, talking about what we saw, um, giving out some awards that we we get to do finally. Um, So we'll we'll do that here um, shortly. But in the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter as you're watching the games or anything else. Uh, Come find us. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel VT. Uh, Together we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can send us an email with questions, comments, concerns, whatever comes to mind as you watch these games. Send it all to the longest email address, no demand podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, Overcast, any of those cool places, especially on the Anchor app. We appreciate those who have. And then, uh, Mike, you want to tell they can find us on the social medias?
0: Facebook, facebook.com slash conference rate review. Find all of your podcasts there, Joey.
1: Please do. Please do.
0: Appreciate those who
1: have. Uh, Mike. That's all I got. You ready to go watch some games?
0: Man, that sounded great.
1: Boy, am
0: I. Am I ready? I am. Yeah.
1: We'll uh, we'll come back and recap them afterwards. How does that sound?
0: <sighs> Look, man, I'm just glad we're in this
1: position at this point. So let's do this thing. Like Santa. It's great. Oh, well, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, enjoy the games. We will come back and recap them soon. And uh, we'll talk then. Yep. All right. Well, until then, from Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy the games. And until next time, go ACC.